0: What's up, Ucrimedia family? Vladimir Pragnevsky here, and welcome to episode number 51 off the Ucrimedia podcast, where I serve a Ucrimedia family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. And today's guest is Scott Boncristiano. He's a freelance illustrator from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Scott, welcome to the show. Feel free to fill in the gaps from the intro and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know.
1: Thank you for having me. Um- One interesting thing I would say that's kind of unique is I didn't really start drawing until I was about 36 years old. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I got a very late start on this. I mean, I, I drew like in high school and for fun and stuff, but I really didn't touch a pencil for a good 20 years or so you know until recently no I am 40 now so this has all been I'm on I'm on the fast track for everything
0: were you kind of good at least when you before you picked it up um or I, did you have like some basics foundations
1: yeah i mean I, I took you know art classes in high school and stuff but it, it i i think i had see i don't like the the word talent cuz i don't think anybody's necessarily like born with an ability to you know, move a pencil correctly. Maybe I had a, a inclination for, um, observation maybe like I can judge distance with facial features or something, but I wasn't extraordinarily gifted by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and then, yeah, so I worked in the restaurant industry and blue collar jobs and stuff for 20 years. And then, so it's only recently that I've I've picked up the, no the illustration thing,
0: yeah. Man, that's interesting. You know, I interviewed several people, actually the last like two or three people, they all mentioned how they had a late start. Really? And that is interesting that maybe, well, again, I think that even if you start late, it doesn't matter because you have all these micro skills that you carry over that kind of help you be, become a better artist anyway, Absolutely,
1: right? absolutely. I mean, even the... Uh, y- you know, I had positions in management and stuff like that, which any level of management is, you know, it's about time management. And, you know, I think f- the biggest skill that, that I learned is, I mean, I just, I know how to work. You know, I, I work for other people for so long. It's like, you just show up and you work. It's not any of the, especially with, you know, when you're freelance or you're working for yourself. There's, you can really do whatever you want and it does take a good amount of discipline and time management and, you know, stuff like that to, I think, have any measure of success at it.
0: No, and because a lot of times people think that starting this late, just like, man, why? It's too late. Like, it's too late to learn another language Mm -hmm. at age 30 something. It's too late to start anything. But you're a great example that it's not too late. And I was actually, I think it's Terry Crews, the guy that yells in commercials all the time. He, uh, he's transitioned into, he's also draws really well. Like, I don't know if you've seen his paintings and pictures. He was, it was art major. He actually got a scholarship for, for art before he got a scholarship for football. I did not know that. Which was interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And he's very, very, very talented. And so he started making furniture, designing furniture and it's beautiful. Like he won awards for his furniture designs. And so, but I thought it was interesting, interesting because the guy was a football player. Then he, you know, he was an actor and then he used those different skills to kind of transition into it. So he had a totally different perspective in the furniture just business because he didn't grow up in it. Yeah. And so he brought something totally different, all these different skills, micro skills that he carried over from other things. And he created something that wasn't, hasn't been created before. And so anyway, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. 36 years old. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah it's, so I, it's, a, I, I'm trying to cram all this knowledge into the, you know, past, four or five years that I've been doing this, I'm like on this accelerated learning path type of deal.
0: Now, how did you get into drawing? Like, why why did you all of a sudden decide to pick up a pencil and start drawing?
1: Well, it was, I was, uh, there was kind of, it was like the, the perfect storm, like a number of things kind of came together at the same time. I was, um at the time I was managing a liquor store and I was also helping out my friend who is very, my friend, Dan McCarthy, who's an awesome artist, very successful printmaker. Um, he has a shop I was helping, you was his assistant at the shop and, you know, we just talk about like drawing and his prints and stuff like that all the time. And it kind of over like a year or two, it kind of clicked in my head. I was like, this is, it's crazy that he's not like a absolutely unique situation. Like he um, you know, this is a viable career path or not, you know, it's, it's doable. Like in my head, my whole life, I was like, who, you know, how do you, who's a professional artist? You know, you always picture a starving artist, but I was like, this guy, he does well. He's happy. He's been doing it for well over a decade. And I was like, Oh wow. It's, it's doable. And then, I needed to also needed to have a job where I was, you know, cause I was working like 40 hours also at the liquor store and assisting at the shop. And I needed work to be closer to home. I was helping take care of a sick relative. So I needed to be around the house a little bit more. So it just kind of started to click in my head. I was like, ah, oh, maybe, you know, whatever. And then I got like a poster job. And then it was like a small freelance job. And these little jobs started trickling in here and there. And over the course of, you know, so I was like, okay, so I was, because of that, I was drawing a little bit more here and there. And then the smaller jobs built up. And so I was drawing more often because I had these jobs and it just kind of snowballed.
0: Evolved to something great. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. But it, I'm still blown away by the fact that you started so late because a lot of times yeah. people make excuses. They're saying, look, I'm I'm in my late 30s or mid 30s or whatever. I cannot learn another skill. But you're a great example that, look, you you can reinvent yourself at any age. Yeah. You just have to have a little bit of uh, hard work and uh, I guess just focus, channel all in on that one thing. And it looks like you You've done just that, and you're successful at it. that's pretty sweet, man
1: yeah, there was that that quote it was like uh, you know the best time to plant a tree is today, the second best time or the best time to plant a tree is twenty years ago, the second best time is today, so I was like, you know it's <laughs> so you know it it wasn't necessarily like an hour and everything, but at thirty six, I thought, might as well right now instead of wait another twenty years or so mm-hmm. so but no, it doesn't so and it doesn't just kind of explode all at once like I said there was you know I did a poster for a band and that was that was it I did that and then it was like a little bit more and uh, so it builds growth. yeah exactly yeah you know and you you get out what you put in and luckily I realized that early on and After those first few jobs over the first, you know, six months or so to a year, year plus, I realized that if I really put effort into it and, you know, I remember thinking, I was like, if I want this to be my kind of full time thing, I'm going to treat it like it is. So I'd work 40 hours at the liquor store, do some hours at the shop assisting my friend, and then I would come home and I would put in another... (sighs) you know, 30 plus hours a wow. week just drawing. And these weren't for jobs. This was just me trying to learn fundamentals and, you know, build color palettes and study anatomy and composition and all that stuff. So the the harder I work, the the better the results are and kind of the more, f- more fruitful it was.
0: Yeah. And it seems like a lot of people don't have the, you know, in this 21st century to feel like patience is going away and mm-hmm. people don't have the patience anymore. And withdrawing, it's one of those things that I guess it does require a lot of patience and a lot of time putting know, what's it like 10,000 hours mm-hmm. into something in order to become amazing at it. But, uh, and that's what I'm seeing more and more these days. People just want to microwave some success right away, not realizing that it takes time and be patient. And during, during that time, that's when you learn the most, you know, a lot of different lessons happen in between. If you just quickly, it's kind of like those that win lotteries, you know, right away, they win a lot of money, but at the same time, they lose it quickly. What's gained quickly, lost quickly. Right. And in careers, that's what I see more and more kids in getting frustrated that they're not getting where they want to, you know, in their careers because they simply don't have the patience for it. Now, what advice would you give to someone who, is, uh, who wants to get into drawing?
1: Um, <laughs> be patient. And I do think that that was one advantage of me getting into it as at, you know, 36 years old or so is uh, you, you learn a deal of patience, the, the longer your life is like two years to a 36 year old is a small percentage as opposed to an 18 year old. That's, you know, what, one ninth of their life, you know? So, yeah. I mean, so, some advice would, you know, be patient. Another big thing is to be proactive. You know, if you want something, go do it. Like if you want to do, you know, be an illustrator or something, do it. Like start drawing. Don't wait for a perfect opportunity or something. Start putting in the work. Be proactive. Try to track down the jobs that you want. You know, if there's a company you're dying to do work for or if there's a band you want to do a poster for research and try to get in, t- in contact with the art director or creative director or you know you can't just sit back and and hope things happen because even if you have the most patience in the world it's it's going to run out because you're going to be sitting there waiting for something to happen for a very long time you know you have to kind of go out and and seize seize the opportunity
0: no so true if what's the quote if you if you aim at nothing you're going to hit it every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> oh man, it's so true. It's kind of like driving to California without a nap. Well, it's like driving around for no reason. It's like yeah. you're just wasting gas. There's yeah. no purpose, no direction. Yeah, you're and it's
1: it's like a sure driving. way to burn yourself out or burn through your fuel, you know. And and it can be frustrating. Like I said, if you even if you have a lot of patience if you just kind of sit around and wait for things to happen it doesn't you know gotta go get it
0: no it's true waiting around will it's kind of like nature takes over and the weeds start growing and yeah. deterioration comes in yeah you start getting <laughs> you gotta rusty. move you gotta try <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah well and more and more i'm learning now we're in business me and my, my twin brother we're learning that you can't just jump at every kind of opportunity you have to create a goal and you have to be proactive and you have to figure out It's kind of like you know you have to figure out okay, I want to go to California. Now I need to get a map and start creating a route. What's the most efficient way to get there? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to take every turn and it'll take you twice as long and you'll burn gas and burn out and all that stuff. Yeah. And that's what I'm learning. You, you got to have intentional living. You have to figure out what exactly you want to do and you got to got to get after it. You know, there's only so many uh, springs that we get in life, right? Yeah. Winter's gonna come soon, so you got to figure out. You know, take advantage of the springs that come our way. And speaking of winters, yeah. let's trans let's transition to your dark moment in your in your journey in your creative journey. I'd uh, <laughs> yeah. love to hear what, what it is. You know,
1: it's. In in a very broad way, first off, I mean, as you know, I haven't been doing this an incredibly long time, but I mean, my worst day in design or illustration is infinitely better than my best day in the restaurant business or anything else. So as a whole, there really are no bad days because I... I have a unique perspective on things like this is all a gift. You know, I'm thankful every day there's frustrating parts of course, but every day I, it's still so fresh in my head. Like just having my feet beat up and my back hurting and dealing with annoying customers or drunk people or whatever, you know, that, that I get to work from home and draw pictures for a living is just in general, (laughs) the best thing ever. And there really are no terrible days. I mean, I I guess there's one thing, one major disappointment that sticks out in my mind are those, the jobs that didn't quite work out, like they fall through at the last minute. One in particular was a, I signed a contract to be on a very, very large IP as like the main illustrator for this book. And I got, I think it was like a hundred pages done of illustrations and it was going great with the publishing company. And then at the kind of the last minute, there was a licensing issue and they, the the plug got pulled on it. And that was, and that was relatively early or within the first like two to three years of me being an illustrator. And it would have been a huge jump in my, you know, my professional name, like just having a massive amount of work out there for, for a large IP and it didn't work out. The plug got pulled on it. You know, I did get, I got paid in full. So that was cool, but that was a major bummer. It was more a disappointment. than, yeah. yeah, you know, but good things came of it. That was a very, that was a big job as far as the work volume output, and it was. So I learned that I did have the capacity to, to crush out like a hundred illustrations in. That's crazy. In you know a short amount of time, like I I, rec- I, I learned a lot about my work capacity. So even in that which would i guess be one of the darker days in my my line of work still positives came out of it and and i also want to say i'm not a positive guy like i am not (laughs) a sunshine all the time type of guy like i can find the negative in anything so i'm Very sincere (laughs) when I say that Mm -hmm. every day is a gift, and I am very happy, and I really have nothing bad to say. It's strange.
0: Now, how can you avoid something like that in the future, where last minute gets, you know, you get unplugged, so to speak, from this project? Is there something you can do to avoid something like that?
1: No, really, it's it's out of my hands. Um, It's between the, you know, this was a publishing company that I was working with, who's great. I've. Done a lot of work for them. I'll continue to work with them. They're great. I have a great relationship with the the uh, creative director and stuff. They're outstanding. But it was just something, some behind the scenes thing with licensing, and you know, it just it has nothing to do with me. Didn't have anything to do with the the creative director. I think it was just lawyer stuff. But yeah, it was, so it's uh, the, you know it was unavoidable. And it, it you know from what I understand. You know, it happens from time to time with other people I've spoken to, other illustrators and stuff. It's like, yeah, this job, like some people post, uh, you know, on, on their social media, like, oh, this was, this poster was uh, rejected. And it's a fully completed poster that must have taken 100 hours or so plus. <laughs> And, you know, it just didn't get accepted or the plug got pulled. And it happens. That's the nature of it.
0: So it's unavoidable. Just part of the the yeah,
1: it's part. It's part of it. It's disappointing, but you know, it, it is what it is. It's it's a job. You know, I'm not married to or in love with each piece that I do. It's it's work. I didn't. You know, working at a bar, I didn't love every customer. It was just like, yeah, <laughs> all right, here all we right. go. It's part of the job. All right, so you, you just I guess you can't
0: be it. so emotionally attached to it to where if if you know you do get disappointed, you you just kind of brush it off and say, yeah. hey, next yeah. painting, next job. Yeah, exactly. Let's get on with it. Exactly. No, for sure. Yeah. Now let's let's transition to a positive uh, moment in your life. Your your best project that you worked on to date.
1: Ah, uh, um, I would say. Probably the, well, it kind of coincides with that big job that that didn't work out, is that that was the biggest job that I had had to that date. And that job, signing the contract for that, allowed me to quit my day job. So that was the best, the best day in my professional life was when I could quit my day job and do this full time. Absolutely. That was hands down. And every, every day since then, I've been like, I, I can't, like, I feel like I'm gaming the system or tricking somebody. I'm like, I can't believe I'm going on like almost four, three, four years now of doing this full time for myself. And I'm like, I, I can't believe this is still going. This is crazy.
0: Same for me. You know, I quit my full time job was like not over nine months ago. And now thinking I think back, is- I mean... Every month I'm like, I don't know how we're going to, you know, how the next month is going to be. But yeah. now looking back, it's like, holy cow, we've been at it for nine months. Yeah. Jeez. Like,
1: yeah. It's like, crazy. Wow, well, okay. it, does, it doesn't It does go away, just so you know. <laughs> that, yeah. That no, that feeling,
0: you always have your <laughs> yeah. finger on the pulse. You're always yeah. like, well, I'm not sure where, where my next paycheck is going to come from. Yeah. But it's exciting to live this way. It's better than just same old, same old, you know, cubicle lifestyle. We're just sit doing the same thing over and over. that Even though you get comfort and security from that, but there's something about when your back is against the wall, I always talk about this. You come up with some cool creative alternatives that otherwise you wouldn't. If you just go through the same routine every single day, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and yet expecting different results, you know? And that's what I like about working for yourself because you have the freedom to kind of, every project is different. You wear many hats, so you learn a lot more skills than you would if you were just doing that one, one thing, you know? Yeah. And, but there are advantages and disadvantages to that as well. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it's good to be in almost survival mode all the time, even though, <laughs> you know, you get, you know, I'm comfortable now, but I'm still, I have it in the back of my mind. Like, you know, I still have a, a hard time turning down jobs, certain jobs that are just aren't necessarily my cup of tea or the work is far below my rate. And I, it kills me to say no to things. Cause I'm always like, Oh, but, but if I don't say yes to this, right. then, you know, what if, what if fear. this is the fear, last yeah. job I ever have and blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of good. <laughs> I mean, humans are good at survival. So, you know, I think it's kind of built into our heads to just be like in survival mode all the time. Cause well, like you said, it does make you creative in, in ways to make money and try different avenues and try out new things to, to kind of sustain this this lifestyle.
0: Yeah, and it keeps you keeps you in shape, you know? It's kind of like an athlete, you know? You're mm-hmm. as good as your last performance, so you got to work out, you got to be fit, you got to yep. be lean, you got to be strong. And like in the NFL, you can get caught in any moment. And so they're they're in survival mode all the time. And just because yeah. you sign the contract doesn't mean that your job is guaranteed. And I think that's a healthy way of looking at things. So you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable with that idea because you just know that, look, that's how it is. Yeah. But you kind of get this uh, tough skin kind of thing, you know, and uh, you just get on with it and deal with it kind of in a healthy way. That you realize that, look, I know that there's that possibility, but I'm gonna work through it. And I, I found it for me, it was it was very healthy. It, it's uh, it's what keeps me going. But when yeah. you, when I was working full time, comfortable job, that's when, dude, I don't know, something about I didn't enjoy it. That this whole comfort and security brings. A weird feeling that I didn't like. I, I like staying hungry. I like being on my, you know, having yeah. that finger on the pulse and trying to see what what's next. Excitement—that's yeah. when you live. You know, what's next? I don't know what's coming up, but I'm yeah, excited. exactly.
1: And it, and it's not like, um, it, you know, I work harder for myself. And I, I I work like seventy to eighty hours a week now. You know, and it's, but I love it. Like it's because I it want to feel keep, like work. No, yeah. it doesn't. And, you know, I do it cause I want to get better and I want to put in the work and I want to improve and I want to put out better stuff and make myself more attractive to publishers mm-hmm. and clients and stuff like that. And, you know, just for myself, I want to figure out little tricks and I want to level up and I worked so hard for other people my whole life you know i would I would go into you know the bar or liquor store or whatever and bust my ass for like forty to eighty hours a week at some jobs when I was like managing and why would I relax or let up on that work ethic now that I'm doing it for myself that it it would make no sense so
0: it's like entrepreneurs did much rather work 80 hours for themselves than 20 hours for somebody else. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> but it, it, like you said, you know, it doesn't feel like work. It, it's – I don't know. I, I don't know exactly. And Jeff and I – you have my the my freedom brother, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's freedom, but I mean – I I really don't have any free time. I, it's like, right. you can't, you can have freedom if you want it, but there's right. something in, in your head. That's like, yeah. But you got stuff to do. You can, you know, take a vacation another time. Like my wife has to practically drag me out of the house when we go on, <laughs> you know, she's like, I have time off from work. We're going away. And I'm like, ah, okay. But what if I have a job then? What if I signed a contract? And she's like, no, we're going. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. Good call. (laughs) You know, so the freedom's there when you want it. You know, I don't have to double check with anybody before I take a weekend off, but it's it's rare that I do or that I want to really.
0: Now you mentioned your brother Jeff there in passing, and I Mm. rudely interrupted you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Jeff was was also on this show. Jeff was uh, episode number thirty nine. Which Jeff is amazing. Love that guy. Jeff is just awesome. He's yeah. uh, He's his beard. He's like a social media sensation. Which, what are your thoughts on that? Are you are you growing out your beard as well?
1: Oh, I, I yeah, I actually had a beard before he did. Um, oh really? <laughs> yeah, but uh, he yeah that that whole thing was weird. <laughs> it, it was just like Buzzfeed picked up on it, and I was like, "Holy shit, that is crazy!" And he's like, "Yeah, I don't know what's going on," and like his social media blew up, and then he's like in articles in. Cosmo and stuff and uh, we just thought it was we think it's funny because I mean we're just we're hairy dudes you know (laughs) yeah our dad is just this he's covered in hair and we're just so it, it was just always funny that to us that he gets praise for simply not doing something which would be shaving it's like it's like oh okay congrats you didn't shave i mean he is he's a good looking guy you know and i think it was just it all happened at the um at, at the right time like beards were cool and he grows a great beard and he's a good looking guy and somebody saw him and but you know that's not his whole thing like you know he's he's not all about that you know people think all he does is just model beard stuff, but he's a very, very talented um
0: Motion Graphics artist. Yeah,
1: motion graphics guy. That's like his main deal. And I think professionally that's what he's known for. Like he he's he's very, very not talented, skilled. Like he's worked hard at it. But he I would say just kind of rolled with it with the beard thing and used it to his advantage. Like he has a right. built in audience and he's branching out. Open to some doors you. for
0: him, yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, and it is what it is and I think he's thankful for for the opportunities of that not shaving has given him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think think it's interesting how it came out out of such a dark moment in his life. And then it uh, kind of opened, just kind of like for you, you had that worst project that turned to a a great opportunity that freed you to do this full time, you know? So it's amazing how how like negative things in life can really open up doors to something beautiful.
1: Yeah, you know, you you can either, you can kind of wallow in it and feel bad for yourself or whatever, or you can just, get up and go and try to improve your situation.
0: Learn from your mistakes and yeah. the pain, you know, let the pain drive you to something good.
1: Yeah, exactly. Use it to let it motivate you or something.
0: I want to circle back to your art. So when you start to draw, do you have any techniques? How do you get in, in, in the zone, in the flow of things?
1: Um, i I'm a very... I I think a lot of people will look for inspiration and stuff like that. and Or maybe there's this idea that artists will kind of wait for inspiration to strike them or come to them, but I just power through it. I just draw and I draw seven days a week for 10 hours a day. And I don't wait for inspiration to happen. It just happens if I'm on a job and make it happen. There's days where, you know, some things don't come to me. I don't get the 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 image in my head that that I'm going for. And those are just days where nothing's happening, so I'll just draw hands for 10 hours or feet or some other feature that I hate drawing that I'm not very good at that I need improvement on. Interesting. So I just work through it. I, I talk about musicians, say a guitar player, like um somebody like, you know, Jimi Hendrix didn't just pop out of the womb and be able to shred solos and write insane stuff. The guy would have a guitar slung around his shoulder while he's cooking eggs in the morning and practicing his scales with musicians. It's like that you have to just go through those basics. So when opportunity arises say they have a you know a riff pops into their head and when that happens they have the technical ability to pull it off like if i have a picture in my head that i want to draw all my development of skills and basics and fundamentals allows me to apply it to that idea so it's do you know what i mean Mm -hmm, totally yeah so so it's like I there's there's no real inspiration type of type of thing for me. Um, it just I kind of get a task and I want to draw it or there's just something that I want to draw. Usually it's skulls. But uh,
0: I was going to ask you, you know. about that. I've looked at your pictures. They're very I mean, they're beautiful pictures, but they kind of have like a dark,
1: yeah, a dark style to them.
0: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. what's uh, how did (laughs) is it just something that you like, like growing up, or
1: it's just they're fun to draw. They're uh, I don't know. I guess I've I've always been a fan of horror movies and and stuff like that, and the creepier side of stuff. But skulls are just they're fun, and they I I use my social media kind of as a barometer of which. You know what kind of response I'm getting for for different types of drawings, and the skull stuff always always goes over the best. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right, well the people want skulls, I'll just keep drawing skulls. <laughs> and also, it it helps again going back to fundamentals and learning fundamentals and stuff. If you learn how to draw skulls at every angle, you have a real good understanding of the human face and the planes of the face and the underlying structure and and stuff like that. So, you know, That's drawing skulls all the time looks cool. It's fun to do. And it also helps me again when I have to do faces and realist, more realistic type of stuff. I kind of lump it in with the fundamentals.
0: You know, it's interesting. I uh, Usually before I interview somebody, I, tr- I have a five-year-old and a uh, two and a half-year-old. I usually try to show him like the demo reel, the people I interview. And I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, look, I'm about to talk to this guy. He does these these types of things, and that's, so I was like, I'm about to talk to Scott, and he's an illustrator. And look at this. I was like, oh, I better not.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you know what's funny though is the majority of my professional, well, a lot of my professional work has been for. I, I've done a lot of coloring books, a lot of Harry Potter. Work oh, really? so it's a lot it's, of my stuff is in is geared towards children, which is hilarious because you'll look at my personal stuff and it's like skulls and <laughs> bats and eyeballs hanging out of stuff, <laughs> but the majority of it is kid friendly.
0: Right. No, that's pretty cool. Interesting how you kind of try a little bit of you step out of your comfort zones and do things that. On your personal time, you wouldn't do otherwise, right?
1: Yeah, and that's great. And that, that helps me personally anyway. It kind of expand, you know, like working in kid stuff. Like there, there's never been a project where I haven't learned something from. When you work outside of your comfort zone, you learn things and you can bring them in and apply them to your, your comfort zone or, or what you like to draw on your own time. So it, it is good. It's... It, you know, to get a kind of wider, basically say yes to all sorts of different stuff. Like why the would you exclude it? Yeah. yeah, it's it's great. stretches you,
0: mm-hmm. gives you a different perspective, which makes you a much better artist. Now, when are you most creative? Do you have like a time during the day that you find yourself most creative?
1: Well, the time of day that I make myself most creative, you know, it's funny. <laughs> it, I wake up, I'm an early, early riser. I wake up at between five and 5.30 now wow. and I'm... I have my coffee, workout, and I'm drawing by about 7.30 now. I usually, I wouldn't say peak, but I really hit my stride around 10 a.m. And that goes through till about four or five or so. That's kind of my peak. You know, when I get going, I just get in the, the flow state, the zone, and I just power straight through that's kind of my peak creative time but you know there like i mentioned earlier there are those times where it's just not happening all the time and i'm still drawn for those hours
0: that's cool now what is the best advice you ever received from somebody Um, uh, for the industry i guess it could be for creatives or just in general that helped you
1: um it's kind of a I can't even remember who told me it. I might you know, I, I, I absorb everything I, I read, um, you know, because I'm on the fast track with all this stuff. All I, all my time is spent reading about illustration and stuff like that. So I can't remember exactly who said it, but you know, I remember reading early on, somebody was just like, work hard, be professional, always set your deadlines. And that's it. You know that. And it just, I'm like, yeah, it's so basic. But that's just kind of general advice, but it's really, it's worked, <laughs> you know, like work hard, do your work, be professional, like, you know, in your emails, keep them professional. I don't say like, Hey, hey, dude, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's
0: <laughs> keep always, to the point. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. You know, and the deadlines thing obviously is the most important out of all of that too. <laughs>
0: Right, I had one this morning. I had to meet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've 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 never missed a deadline in my life. So, and I, I I'd like to keep that that going. I think that's very important because you know if you're, I don't know the th- the thing about deadlines is if I just I can't even fathom missing a deadline. It just shows. I think it ju- just shows that you
0: not serious. Yeah. I
1: don't. Yeah, not serious. Don't respect the the client's time don't respect yourself enough to put in the work and make sure that whatever you have to do gets done um you know there are there are obviously things happen in life where there's right. some serious stuff that obviously that's an excuse but for something like oh i just uh
0: not make know, it a habit yeah
1: yeah you know it's yeah. So that, I, I mean, in general, that's, that's the best advice. It's very basic, but it's, it's really, it's stuck with me and that's what I go on.
0: No, basic. That's uh this, this great advice. I remember my mentor told me once, he said, everyone remembers people that show up early and show up late, but nobody remembers the person on time. Well, it can be with the same thing with the projects. If you don't just deliver your, your product on time, but if you're early, people always remember you and they'll remember you when you're late as well so but you want yeah. to make sure that people remember you as a, as the guy even like when you pay somebody always, mm-hmm. everybody remembers those or likes to work with those that pay early and mm-hmm. not late you know and it's so true like it's like with my mom for example every time it's her birthday I come from a family of nine people, so there's not wow. a lot of us. And uh, I, I usually tried to be the last one to call because, you know, mom always remembers who calls first, <laughs> calls last. <laughs> I was like, mom, I'm calling last because you remember that I called last. <laughs> Everyone in between, you probably forgot which order, you know, yeah. so-and-so call. So, yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> I use that to my advantage too. So early <laughs> for projects and, you know, paying people on time or yeah. early and then, Call my mom. I always call (laughs) last. Yeah, I used to say when I was
1: when I was um, managing a a store. I used to because I'm crazy about punctuality, and I used to say um, if you're five minutes early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're five minutes late, you're fired. (laughs) You know, it's like be punctual. Be on dude. Ah man, I'm telling you.
0: My coach used to say that same thing. And I remember that's kind of stuck with me. I'm the same way. I like to, (laughs) I show up like half an hour to an hour early to events just so I have some time to like practice and rehearse. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. I I don't like to just rush in and then like, it's just, it's a mess. Man, I I don't want to be that guy. Yeah.
1: It stresses me out. Like if I know I'm going to be like five, if like it even looks like I might be five minutes late for something, I start like getting all anxious. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know, what am I doing?
0: So I'm, I
1: end up being ridiculously early for everything. Just- Same now. here.
0: But I like, uh, again, my mentor said, you rarely get in trouble for being early.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, that's
0: true. It's a good you point. Really get to- and I remember I used to go to this Russian church up in Columbus and uh, it started, I forget the time, but let's just say it starts at 1130, right? And then- but the time like it's 11:40 nobody's nobody's at church. Like before just uh, I don't know maybe it's like the our our Slavic community wasn't up there was not very timely but it's just like it's 11:30 nobody's there 11:40 people start showing up. So I guess oh, wow. when when you tell the that community you know, that you have to be somewhere at 11:30 that the way they see it is that I'm going to leave the house at 11.30. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not a good approach to have in life.
1: Don't account for the commute or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't know. I don't it's know. funny because not. I'm very punctual and Jeff is not my brother, Jeff. Oh, really? He's not at all. No. I mean, he's not ridiculously chronically late for everything, but he's just kind of he'll roll in when he wants to. <laughs> so it's it's strange. He's on his own time, right? He's on yeah, Jeff exactly. time. Jeff time.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, in closing, then, what's coming up for you?
1: Um, I have a bunch of projects going on right now. A couple things I'm really excited about. I'm kind of. Shifting over to the comic book industry, which is really exciting for me, which uh, I—it's kind of a new, relatively new development. So I'm working on a comic right now with writer Jerry Duggan, who wrote for Deadpool. He's on Savage Savage Sword of Conan right now. He wrote for Guardians of the Galaxy, but he's kind of helping me a lot with kind of getting work and learning the industry and stuff so I'm very excited about that I have some more comic book work coming up a few covers and you know the comic that I'm the creator owned comic that I'm working on with with him which has yet to be publicly named or you know have a release date or anything but so that's that's exciting stuff but in general just kind of Doing a few gallery shows right now and uh, a couple of books uh, Harry Potter books, I think I'm working Sweet. on. Wow! Yeah.
0: So working on yeah, lots stuff. of
1: stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm all over the place. I'm, I'm all over the
0: place. So. Hey man, <laughs> man you, you, and me both, man. I feel like I need yeah. to, I need to slow down a little bit, pick one thing. Now I'm curious to know, because your brother does a lot of tutorials. He's got a very successful YouTube channel, really with thousands of mm-hmm. followers. Is it yeah. something that you uh, consider doing and maybe in your future teaching tutorials, anything like that?
1: You know, I, I thought about it and Jeff's really been kind of pushing me to do that, but I honestly, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) You know, I, I'm not, I, I, I was not taught any of this stuff. I, I really have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, I could set up a camera and put it over my shoulder and be like, yeah, all right. If you want to watch how I do things, I guess, I'd be willing to answer any questions that people have, but I don't know if I could have in any position to teach anyone anything, but we'll see who knows. I might. Uh, It just, I don't know. It's a weird one, but Jeff, Jeff had planted the seed in my head about that a little while ago. And I think about it.
0: I think you should uh, do it. That's why you should, you should do it because, uh, because you don't think you're – not qualified, but you don't think that uh, – because you didn't have the formal education and you have this unique and different perspective on things that a lot of people might benefit from. So, yeah,
1: definitely yeah, should look maybe. into maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's people, a lot of people who are in the same boat as I am, you know, that maybe they'd pick up something from me. Who knows? Who knows? You and Jeff
0: need to collab together. You guys should uh, do some kind of oh, collaborative work. Oh, we've been work. talking
1: about that for forever, too. We just don't know how to exactly how to make it happen. We'll we'll figure <laughs> something out, though.
0: Cool. And when you point. do, let me know. I'd love to love to see the final product. <laughs> you oh, guys yeah. Come up?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, and last question. How can people get in touch with you?
1: Um, I'm most active on Instagram. I'm at Scott Bond, S-C-O-T-T-B-U-O-N, on there. Um, same thing on Twitter, and my website is scottbond.com. And I just redid my whole shop. So if anybody's doing holiday shopping, you can swing by there and pick up some stuff with skulls on it.
0: <laughs> Sweet, man. Well, yeah. Scott, thank you, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us, man. I appreciate
1: it. Yeah, thank you. It was, I was, had a good time. This was awesome.
0: Hey, Ucrimedia family, thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to share it on social media. I'd also be very grateful if you can rate, review, and subscribe to Ucrimedia Podcast on iTunes. It will only take you a few minutes, but it will help a lot in ranking the show, and it will also help other creators discover this podcast, so huge thank you in advance. And if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me at vladimir at and definitely check out our courses and products at ukremedia.com. As always, don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook at ukremediacom community. We have well over 2,500 talented people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you who are trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Media Podcast. Bye-bye.